0: Welcome to Blessings in Christ, I'm Scott Roberts. Blessings in Christ is also the Church of Christ, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The Church of Christ is scriptural in name, Romans 16, 16, scriptural in origin, Colossians 1, 18, scriptural in doctrine, 1 Timothy 4, 16, and scriptural in practice, James 1 and 22. Our lesson today is from Michael Spradlin, from the Paintsville, Kentucky Church of Christ. We are doing a study on the world's Christmas. In fact, uh, he is actually reviewing a a book that was put out many years ago by J.W. Holcomb, and the book is entitled, Is December 25th Christ's Birthday? He looks at six questions. And uh, one thing I tell people about the world's Christmas is uh, there is no example of any uh, church in the New Testament celebrating Christ's birthday, and uh, there is nothing in the New Testament that tells us December 25th is uh, the Lord's birthday. And also what I tell people is um We are not commanded uh, to remember Christ's birth, but we are commanded to remember the death of Christ. As Christians, um, we don't celebrate the birth of Christ once a year, but we remember the death of Christ once a week. If you look at Matthew 26 and 26, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the remission of sins. And we know there in the book of Acts that the disciples met on the first day of the week to break bread. So once again, we're doing a study on uh, the world's Christmas. We hope it is encouraging to you, and please enjoy the lesson. Thank you.
1: I really appreciate the opportunity that I have today to be able to speak to you and to be able to speak on some things that I hope will help each of us when it comes to surviving the dreaded holiday season. I realize that preaching the Word of God places a lot of responsibility on me and any other brethren that will declare the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because I have a duty, and I'm given a charge before God and the Lord Jesus Christ to preach the Word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, Exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. This is a charge to preach it when they like it and when they don't like it. Like Brother Teddy and I have made mention of in the past, we are never going to make any apologies For preaching the truth. We preach the truth out of love and we realize what a great obligation and responsibility we have to preach all of the truth. And not just the parts that most people are comfortable with and want to hear. I would also like to mention that as I go through our lesson today, I would like to encourage everyone to please follow along with me in your Bibles. Take down book, chapter and verse and confirm that I am speaking as the oracles of God, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 11. So today my hope is that this lesson will cause you to examine your life, and if you are not obeying God as He has intended, that you would take the opportunity to make things right, whether it is repenting of the things that you have done wrong, or desiring to become a Christian by obeying the simple plan of salvation. The title of our lesson today is Six Questions... Christians must answer about Christmas. According to a survey, Christmas is a holiday that is celebrated by 95% of all Americans. To be honest, that is a very huge number. Is it possible that so many people are wrong? Could 95% of all Americans be wrong when it comes to Christmas? Hopefully at the end of this lesson, we will be able to determine if so many people could be wrong. I know that the subject of Christmas can be a touchy subject to a lot of people, but I want to say in the beginning that anything I say on this subject, I say with the love of God, and it is definitely not done to hurt anyone or to point fingers fingers at anybody. But I would like for each of us to examine the things that are taught here in this lesson and to apply them to our lives if needed. For this lesson, I am using an outline from a tract that Brother J.W. Hawkeham put out years ago. So today, I would like to look at the six questions Christians must answer concerning Christmas. The first question that we want to look at is, Is December the 25th Christ's birthday? First off, I can find no statement that is given in the Bible that will prove or state that December the 25th is Christ's birthday. But I do believe the Bible gives us enough information to show without a doubt that Christ's birthday did not occur in the month of December. If you will turn with me in your Bibles to Luke, the second chapter, we are going to be reading several verses, starting with the first verse of that chapter. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syrah. And all went to be taxed, every one, into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there The days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Here we find that there was a great decree for a census, and this would have meant that all the people would have had to travel to their own city to be taxed. It is highly unlikely that they would have called for this census during the winter months when traveling would have been very difficult and most people would have stayed in their homes. Common sense would tell us that they would have chosen a time of the year when traveling would been would be much easier. Some biblical scholars have suggested that the census would have most likely taken place sometime in the fall. But whether it did occur Whenever it did occur, it should be easy for us to see that it would not have taken place during the winter months, which means Jesus would not have been born in the month of December. But if we go on and read verse 8 of the same chapter, we find another reason which shows that Jesus was not born in the month of December. In verse 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now we need to realize that it was common practice for the shepherds to keep their flocks in the field from late March to around the beginning of October. But in the cold and rainy winter months, they took their flocks back home and sheltered them. In my study, I found in a biblical commentary that the shepherds and their flocks would not be found abiding in the open fields at night in December for the paramount reason that there would be no pasturage At this time, it was the custom then, as it is today, to withdraw the flocks during the winter months from the open fields and house them for the winter. This being the case, there is no way that Jesus was born during the winter months because the Bible states that these shepherds were still out in the field with their flocks at the time of Jesus' birth. Just to make a side note here, notice Luke tells us that the shepherds saw Jesus in the manger. However, in many of the Christmas plays that we see today, they make it out to be three wise men who brought gifts and saw him lying in a manger. When in fact, in Matthew chapter 2, starting with verse 7, then Herod, who had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently. For the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and mirth. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. We find here that Jesus was already born when these wise men were starting their journey to find Jesus. And they did not find Jesus in some barn like the world likes to depict. They found him in a house to to verse 11. Also another false misconception is that there were three wise men, but the Bible just states wise men. Do we see how the world has spun this birth scene to include things that are not even scriptural? So putting that all together, the shepherds were the ones who saw Jesus at his birth in a manger, and the wise men saw him later after his birth when he was in a house. Now while I cannot give you a specific day, Of when Christ was born. I can tell you based on my study. That Jesus was most likely born sometime. Before the month of September. But even historians are not exactly sure. On the month. But one thing I do know today. If Jesus had wanted us to celebrate his birth. On a yearly basis. Don't you think. That he would have made that date of his birth. Clear. Or perhaps he would have told us. When to celebrate it. You see the Bible is in no way tells us to observe the birth of Jesus. So therefore, we have no biblical authority to celebrate December the 25th as Christ's birthday. The second question we want to look at is, where did Christmas have its beginning? We can trace the celebration of December the 25th back to the time when the pagans honored Nimrod, the grandson of Noah. He was also the man who encouraged the people to build the tower that would reach into the heavens he was also the founder of the kingdom that became known as the Babylonian kingdom the story goes that after his death his mother claimed that a tree sprouted and grew to full size overnight from a dead stump and she claimed that that growth symbolized that Nimrod was alive spiritually so she would come back there once a year and place gifts at this tree It was then that they began to worship him as a great man. And they celebrated his birthday on a very familiar date, and that date was December the 25th. As time passed and the worshiping of idols increased, many began to worship the sun, and they named their sun god Saul. And they decided to use December the 25th as the day to celebrate Saul's birthday. So we find that the celebration of December the 25th originated from idolatrous worship, and it became a pagan holiday that was celebrated long before the birth of Christ even occurred. Celebrating paganism and idolatrous worship is strictly forbidden in the Word of God. We find later on that that the Pope declared that we have a Mass for many others. Let us have a Mass for Christ. And they chose December the 25th for that Mass date. I am sure that the Roman Catholics are, are amazed to see that the world and the churches of Christ always protesting Catholicism, yet they join in by practicing those things that the, that the Catholics started. A Roman Catholic writer, Mario Rigetti, candidly admits that to facilitate the acceptance of the faith by the pagan masses, the Church of Rome found it convenient to institute the 25th of December as the Feast at the birth of Christ, to divert them from the pagan feast celebrated on the same day in honor of the Son God. So we see today what most people believe to be Christ's birthday is actually a day borrowed from the pagans and hand, handed down to us by the Roman Catholics. Do we realize today that the word Christmas means Christ's Mass? And it came to us from the Roman Catholics who got it from the heathen celebration of December the 25th as the birth of Saul, the sun god. So now instead of celebrating the birth of the sun god, they would celebrate the birth of the son of God on December the 25th. I think it is plain to see that the celebration of December the 25th was started years ago as a pagan celebration. The third question we want to look at is, did the early church celebrate Christmas? First off, I want to point out that for the first 200 years of Christianity, there is no historical mention, mentioning of the early Christians celebrating the birth of Jesus. As the Encyclopedia explains, Christmas was according to many authorities not celebrated in the first centuries of the Christian church as Christians in general remembered the death of a remarkable person rather than their birth. There is no evidence in the New Testament that the church celebrated Christ's birthday on December the 25th, or any other day. We find that it wasn't even till the 3rd and 4th century that Christians and the people of Rome began to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And even then, there was a great dispute on when it should be celebrated. During this time, there was about eight specific dates offered. Some thought it was in January, March, April, May, September, and December. While December was the last date on the list, it was the one that became accepted to celebrate Jesus' birth, for reasons given in our last question that we just discussed. The Roman Catholic Church made this an official celebration in 435 A.D. when the first Christ Mass took place. This, of course, evolved into our word, Christmas. But now let us look at what the early church was commanded to remember We find in Acts 2 and verse 42 they continued steadfastly into the apostles doctrine in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. The apostles doctrine emphasized the death, burial and resurrection of Christ and not the birth. The first day of the week was given for the day upon which the church is to assemble to show forth the death of Christ. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 7 and upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. We also have 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. For I have received of the Lord that which is also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. We are to remember him on a weekly basis. We also find that the apostles forbade the church from keeping days not authorized. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, You observe days and months and times and years. I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Notice Paul said his labor among them was in vain if they observed unauthorized days. If we were to keep a day in memory of the birth of Christ, it would have been a commandment to the church and not a universal holiday for all people, as is the practice today. The fourth question that we want to ask is what does decorating trees and Santa Claus have to do with the birth of Christ? The birth of Christ was a very solemn occasion. God caused a virgin to conceive of the Holy Ghost and bear a son, and they were told that his name would be Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, if you'd like to turn there with me, we will start with verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise, when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. and took unto him his wife, and he knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. It is because of God's great love for man that he gave his only begotten son to be the Savior of the world. The apostles emphasized the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, not his birthday. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 1 through 4, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and now that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Now what about the infamous Christmas tree? Let us look at what the Bible says about cutting down a tree and decorating it. If turn in Jeremiah chapter 10, and let us read verses 1 through 5. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain, for one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of hands of the workmen with an axe, They deck it with silver and gold, and they fasten it with nails and hammers, that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. But be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. Please notice the custom of cutting a tree and decking it, as most people do today, is a heathen custom, not a Christian act. Also, the lights and other decorations date back to the pagan festivals and their decorating of buildings. These things have nothing to do with the birth of Christ. One may ask about the practice of giving of gifts. It is true the wise men gave gifts to Christ. But where is the scripture that says that that the men gave gifts to Christ and that we are to give gifts because Christ was born? What would you think if someone was celebrating your birthday by giving gifts to all the people around you and did not give you anything? The people of the world neglect Christ all year long, but yet they never fail to remember to celebrate His birth on December the 25th by giving gifts to everyone else. Can we not see that the idea comes from man and is not inspired from God's Word? The world gets itself in such bad financial condition every year Getting caught up in the Christmas game and before they know it, they have spent all their money on gifts for others. And they have no more money left for their bills. And those Christians that are unfortunately participating in this holiday end up not having very much money left over for God. We must always be careful that we are not taken away from what we have set aside to give to God. Now let us talk about old Santa Claus. Where does he fit into all of this? History tells us that this idea came from the legend of St. Nicholas, a bishop of Myra in Lycia, who gave gifts in secret to three daughters of an impoverished citizen. From this originated the custom of giving gifts in secret on the eve of St. Nicholas, later transferred to Christmas Day. Hence, the association of Christmas with Santa Claus was brought to America by the early Dutch colonists, according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, volume 16, page 416. But on the eve of of December the 25th, parents will actually lie to their own children. The story is told of a boy who had been taught when he was younger that there was a Santa Claus, but later on, when his parents finally told him the truth, he was disappointed and said he was going to check and see if there was any truth in the other person that they had told him about, and that man's name was... Jesus Christ. If we aren't careful, we may cause our children to doubt those things that are true. Besides, it is wrong to deceive and lie no matter what the circumstances is. Let us work to always be honest, especially when it comes to our little children, because believe me, they are hanging on our every word. Our fifth question is, does the church today have biblical authority to celebrate Christ's birthday on December the 25th, or any other day? The best way to answer this question is with a definite no. There are no passages we can use to justify our joining hands with the world to practice a thing in the name of religion that was handed down to us by the Catholics. We have no scripture authority to do so. Christians are commanded to come out of Babylon and not be partakers of her sin. In Revelation chapter 18 and verse 4, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sin, and that you receive not of her plagues. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Many people are in spiritual Babylon and don't even know it. Merchants encourage people to come in and get in what they call the Christmas spirit, many of whom don't even believe in Christ. They were only interested in one thing, and that is making money, and not in honoring Christ. Like all of Satan's delusions, this one appears as an angel of light. It looks like something that is special, and everyone is so happy. But we should heed the warning given in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, in verses 13-15, through 15, For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose ends shall be according to their works. Let us work to not fall victim to the devil's cunning devices. Our last question I want to discuss today is... Is it sinful for Christians to participate in the celebrating of Christmas? We know as Christians that we are to walk by faith in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 for we walk by faith not by sight. Faith also comes by hearing God's word. Romans 10:17 whatsoever is not of faith is sin. <clears throat> Romans 14:23 without faith it is impossible to please God. There is no hint in the scriptures that would cause us to believe that God would permit us to engage in this heathen custom and still please Him. But some say they are celebrating Christmas, but they are doing it in a non-religious way. Now stop and think for just a moment, how can you keep a religious day in a non-religious way? We are told to let our light so shine. Matthew 5 and verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When people see us doing what they are doing, how are they to know that we are not doing it for the same purpose that they are? That is just an excuse for some to do as they please. But we must remember that line of thinking is is the very foundation of what denominationalism is. Do as you please, even if you have no Bible authority. Just say, I'm doing it for a good purpose, so therefore I don't see anything wrong with it. Sending Christmas cards, putting up a tree in our homes is a dead giveaway to the world that we are with them all the way in this Christmas holiday. The practice of sending Christmas cards was frowned upon by the Baptists and Methodists and Lutherans until around 1900. No surprise the Roman Catholics were the first to adopt this custom. Since God's word does not give us the date of Christ's birth, And we cannot find where we are commanded to keep this day. We must put all of our attention on the things that God has commanded for us to remember. Like his death on the cross. Let me say that I do not think that we should treat Jesus' birth as a, a piece of paper that we would wad up and throw into a trash can. But instead we should rejoice and be thankful on a daily basis for the birth of Christ and the perfect life he lived while he was here on this earth. I hope that we all can recognize that the celebration of Christmas is man-made and not God-made. I know that there can be a lot of family pressure that will come tempting us to give in and celebrate this pagan holiday. But we must realize that our obligation to do what God has commanded must always come first in our lives, no matter how hard our families and the world pushes us. I beg of you to Please think on these things that I have brought out and taught here today. If you have never obeyed the gospel, you must first hear his word, Romans 10:17. You must then believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. You then must repent of all your sins, Acts 17 and verse 30. Then you must make that great confession that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Acts the eighth chapter verse thirty six and thirty seven. Then the final step is to be buried in the watery grave of baptism for the remission of sins, Acts eight and thirty eight. If you have never obeyed the gospel, do so before it is too late for your soul. Thank you for listening today. My name is Mike Sprout.